What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Three Major Sports. We are back here live on this wonderful Wednesday night. Today is January 25th, 6th? 26th. 26th. Wow. We are almost done with January already. It's insane. Uh, As usual, joined by my co-host, Rob, out on the West Coast. What's up, bro? Hello, sir. How's it been? Oh, can't complain. Cold as shit, but other than that, not doing bad. Ah, the Pacific Northwest. Indeed. Indeed. Excellent. So, um... Let's just jump right into it, right? Let's, uh, since the last time we've spoken, I have controlled my blood pressure on the firing of Brian Flores. <laughs> I, um, I feel better about it after some more information has come out. I feel like this maybe isn't the end of the world. <clears throat> um, very curious as to see who the Dolphins end up hiring. Right now, I know Brian Dable is supposedly in the lead. I am uh, a big fan of going with Mike McDaniel because... If you go to Yale and you're on Kyle Shanahan's offensive staff, man, there's probably a lot of creative uh, flow and juices that you can get going to make something interesting in this offense. And I think that that would be a lot of fun. So I'm holding out hope for him. Dable, I mean, it would answer the tool question at least for one season because more than likely Dable would want to work with him again. He was his OC uh, for one year in Alabama. Um, so there is a relationship there. I'm sure that that is one of the reasons that he became an interesting figure in this whole search. So let's see. Um, that's coming up. Brian Flores probably be the head coach of the Giants. Uh, what other vacancies have been filled? Uh, it looks like Jacksonville will be Byron Leftwich. That'll, that'll be pretty cool. Interesting. Cool. Uh, yeah, so, that was probably, and, and no offense to you, but that was probably the most um, attractive job just because of their salary cap being as low as they are. They have, I think, we have the most salary cap available next year. Well, do you really? Yes, it's either one or two. We've got like $76 million available next year. You know, I do actually, I did see that this morning because I was looking, I said, Cincinnati, amount of money. Like, Cincinnati has stupid amount. Most. I was like, what? That's insane. That's what, that's what good drafting does for you, ladies and gentlemen. Well, no, um, that's what that's what having a, a quarterback in their second season taking to the AFC, AFC Championship well, game. But it's you. good drafting all around him, too, though, because we were just talking a couple of weeks ago about the skill players around him. All of those guys, I think the, the one who's coming up off the rookie contract first is Mixon this year. So all of those guys are performing exceptionally well on those cheap contracts. So good drafting overall by Cincinnati means – you get inexpensive skill, and you can spend some money somewhere else and try to cash in. Because as we know, in the NFL, your best chances of winning are having a quarterback over outplay a rookie contract and use that money elsewhere to build. It's uh, it's how it works. It, Russell Wilson showed us that with the Legion of Boom. Once they had to start paying Wilson, that all fell apart. Uh, you know, Goff a couple of years ago with the Rams when they went to the Super Bowl, obviously they didn't win, but that's kind of the idea behind it. So let's see – we got a lot of cap space to see what we can do, but Cincinnati, it's awesome. Fourth most. That's incredible. That team's going to be good for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Hooray for me. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, Jacksonville, just with their quarterback, I think they, they have a pretty good situation. So that was a, that was a nice job for Leftwich to take, um, you know, going from Tom Brady's offensive coordinator to getting his own team, uh, yeah. the team that drafted him. So that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Te- uh, Texans are back and forth on people. Uh, like you said, Florida's yeah, the Giants. Yeah, they suck. Um, 
I mean, based upon the QBs that are available this year, you know, if they had the a top three pick next year, it might be interesting. But uh, this year, you know, the first quarterback might go 15th. So right. it's just, you know, you're, you're rolling next year probably with Davis Mills, unless for some reason Deshaun Watson gets out of his uh, issues. Situation. Say. Yeah, situation. Yes. Indeed. Uh, so. The Bears, eh. I mean, Meh. whatever. Um, I think those are the big ones. There, there yeah. were nine openings. That's insane. So yeah, we'll say more than a fourth of the league needed a yeah needed a coach. We will be seeing as they fill those positions. We'll definitely talk about them. Um, but since we just talked about the Bengals, that's a perfect segue into a little recap of this past weekend of football. Which is, I mean, been watching football for a long time. This was probably the best. Uh, weekend of football as a whole, considering there were only four games in a long time. All the games came down to the last possession, basically. Um, so this was awesome. Cincinnati started the weekend off Saturday afternoon, going on the road to the number one seeded Tennessee Titans, the fraudulent number one seeded Tennessee Titans. And Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions, and the Bengals beat them on a last-minute field goal by rookie University of Florida kicker Evan McPherson who apparently, I don't know if you heard this or not, which is fucking awesome, balls. Before he went out there to kick, he went to like Burrow and a couple of guys in the office, like, yo, get ready to celebrate because we're going to the divisional route or we're going to the AFC championship game. And went out there and kicked a 52-yarder ice cold to hit to win that game. So that that was pretty cool. Um, Cincinnati played well enough. They were not overly impressive in this game, but the Titans did them all the favors that they could with field position and turnovers and stuff like that i caught a little bit of that game i didn't see all of it i saw some of those turnovers though uh what do you think about that first game of the weekend uh i I sort of agree with you the titans i never really thought um especially with all their injury issues and Tannehill really struggled uh the second half of the season they they continued to win games which they were sort of a weird team all year they they win five or six in a row and then lose to the jets you'd be like what in the world is this right um so, I mean, I wasn't surprised at all. I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if they came back and won. Um, but I, I wasn't surprised that they lost. Uh, Cincinnati is obviously very good. Burrow, um, fantastic under pressure. And, you know, he got sacked nine times that game and still came back and, and made those throws at the end nine to get sacks. him into field goal range. Yeah, I mean, if they do that against Kansas City, they're going to lose by 40. So Correct. Understood. Uh, we, we were just talking about the, the salary cap room that teams will have available in Cincinnati having the fourth most. Um, they basically got to spend all of that on the offensive, on the offensive line. line. Like that's, yep. yeah, <laughs> like you have to protect that dude because that's that's what ended his season the year before was the sack where he tore his ACL, mm-hmm. um, and you know you're going to get him killed having him sacked nine times uh, on the road, right? Um, so in cold weather, it, right, right, right. In cold weather, uh, you're already you have him in Cincinnati. So if you if you plan on being good, that means you're having home playoff games in Cincinnati in January. You, you know it's going to be cold no matter what. Uh, you just you have to keep that dude upright. Uh, if he's upright, he'll make plays. That's just how it's going to be. So they, they're going to have to spend all that money there. And and honestly, they're just going to have to sort of hope that they can survive uh, the Chiefs. The Chiefs, granted, the, the Bengals have beat them uh, in the regular season here. Uh, it was uh-huh. in Cincinnati instead of Kansas City. It was. Uh, but but yeah, worth the, noting that the Chiefs were uh, on full throttle that they, the Bengals stopped an eight-game winning streak from Kansas City. So it's not yeah. that they caught them on a bad week, like since he no. stepped up to the challenge and beat them. But no, like you said, when, it's, when you're at home, it's a little different. 
Yeah, there, there's just there's some wins where you're like, okay, it's one thing in the in the regular season, it's another thing in the playoffs. Uh, Kansas City, uh, granted, they wanted that one seed to get that bye week, so they they were certainly trying. I'm not saying they weren't trying, um, but there's just a different feeling of uh, you know, ask Josh Allen. There's a different feeling of playing the Chiefs in the regular season and playing the Chiefs in the playoffs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has been a starter for four years. This is his fourth hosting AFC championship, AFC championship game. So Isn't that insane? The, <laughs> the, the man knows, he knows what to expect. He knows, uh, you know, what to do, which will, that'll be the fourth game we go over. So we'll get back to him, but yeah, yeah. That, that was sort of the thoughts. Um, not surprised, uh, but, but excited for Joe Burrow and, and just, to, you know, enjoy watching how the Bengals were playing. Yep. I'm glad that they won. I was rooting for him. Uh, it, it's fun. I like that team. I want to see more of them, um, especially on big stages, and see what these kids can do. So that was awesome. That was a good start to the weekend. Saturday night brought probably the surprise of the weekend, I would assume. The San Francisco 49ers went up to freezing Green Bay in the frozen tundra and beat the Packers on, again, a last-minute field goal by uh, Robbie Gold. And the final score there was 13-10, to 10, I believe. Yes. Um, so the Packers came out firing, went down the field on the first drive and scored a touchdown. And I was like, well, here's Aaron Rodgers coming to prove that he's Aaron Rodgers and this is what it's going to be. And that was the last time that the Packers got into the end zone. I was going to say it was a rushing side. touchdown, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, Rodgers he threw the, none. the drive together. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So then that happened. And then on the other side of the ball, like, we were just talking about how I'd like, uh, I'd like Mike McDaniel as the next coach for the Dolphins. He's the offensive coordinator there in San Francisco. And they couldn't really get much going on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, there were no offensive touchdowns the rest of the game. The Niners end up scoring on a blocked punt uh, that they took back. And then they also ended up blocking a field goal, which clearly made a big difference at the end of the game as they win by three points. So... This was a little bit surprising. Overall, San Francisco continues to pull out these wins that sometimes we don't expect them to, but Kyle Shanahan has put together a good coaching staff. He himself is a good coach, uh, and this defense is seems like they're good enough to, to give you some wins, and they're back to maybe not where they were a couple of years ago when, when they went to the Super Bowl, but they're absolutely a respectable unit now that you need to take seriously. So uh, I don't know. What do you think? I know you were, you were on the Niners bandwagon when they were going to Dallas. Uh, so what do you think about them now? Yeah, uh, I think I think if you go back to the beginning when we started picking games at the beginning of the season, I was I was on the Niners basically every week. Just was really believing Kyle Shanahan. Um, they probably have the most. Let, let me say one of the most diverse offenses uh, in the league. Just they, yeah. they take like this group of guys where you're like, okay. First of all, who the heck is Debo Samuel? Like, right. I knew him. I knew him when he was in South Carolina, just because like you'd watch like a Georgia game on a Saturday right. with nothing else to do, and you'd be like, "Oh, who's this guy for South Carolina?" He's he's what everyone wanted Percy Harvin to be. Like, correct. He's that guy where like yeah. he can go. He's, he's, like he he's basically an all-pro wide receiver who runs the ball out of the backfield like a really good running back too. Right. Right. He's like, Cordell literally... Patterson. If Cordell Patterson was a great receiver, yeah. Well, right, right, but what? Eight hundred yards rushing and fourteen hundred yards receiving. I mean, the, Yo, like, it's insane. Yeah, I mean that's that's their off their offense and that, is, and, and that goes to McDaniel's creativity and Shanahan's creativity because Shanahan obviously is a genius too. Right. Um, so that's yes, that's that kind of stuff is is incredible. 
the fact that you're right. back here with Jimmy G after drafting Trey Lance, right? Basically a slap in the face to Jimmy G. Like this isn't going to be your team soon. And you still managed to win with this dude. Um, it's crazy. It's insane. The way that they've been able to put this together has been uh, yeah. pretty cool. I'm not – I, I kind of wish it wasn't happening, right? Because every, every game they win, that's a worse spot for the Dolphins to draft in because we own their <laughs> first-round pick. Um, but, yeah, man, Shanahan is – Shanahan is a good coach, and he will be a good coach in his league for a long time, so definitely don't count him out. Yeah. Uh, interesting Jimmy Garoppolo stat. Um, in games that he doesn't score a touchdown, so nothing rushing, nothing passing, the mm-hmm. Niners are 9-2. and two. Unfucking real. <laughs> like, that's so anti-2022 football. That is like – That's just – but that's just shit that won't be replicated. Like, if this is the way they continue to go – it may bite him in the ass now. It'll definitely bite him in the ass next year, and that'll be the end of Jimmy G. Because, you, no, you can't win games without your quarterback contributing to the scoring, like, consistently. Like, that's not I, a winning formula. I, I, I understand. That's clearly – I mean, he's won 36 games there. So, clearly, that's not, like, their major formula. But it just goes to show that they build their team in such oh, a weird way. Have. Yeah, yeah. That it's but, yeah, that's like what it they is. They can it's, take – it's not being from a coaching standpoint, and it's something I'm sure we hear all the time. It's not being egotistical about your coaching style. It's not, oh, I need to get the players that fit this style. It's no, these are the players that I have, and these are their strong points. Let's build around this. And right. obviously, they've been successful with that. The Debo Samuel thing is a perfect example, right? Like, like you said, 800 yards rushing, and it might be more like four or 500, but, but the 1,400 receiving yards is, is accurate. Well, yeah, crazy, so, crazy. So, yeah, long story short, I, I, I am not surprised that they beat Green Bay. I did actually pick them to beat Green Bay, just like I picked them to beat the Cowboys. Um, I did think it would be higher scoring. I did not expect Aaron Rodgers to score uh, zero touchdowns himself because uh, he's, he's probably winning MVP. Uh, whether he comes back to Green Bay or not is a different story, but he's probably winning yeah. MVP this year uh, and, and then promptly got eliminated. Just like the MVP runner-up got eliminated in the next game we're going to talk about. Yep. So, good segue in, right? So, next game, first game on Sunday was a classic. Uh, the Rams traveled to Raymond James Stadium, Tampa Bay Bucks, the defending Super Bowl champions, and Mr. Tom Brady and cast. So, I mean, the Rams jumped out on it. It was 20-3 to at halftime. It was 27-3 yeah. early in the third quarter. And it yep. started looking like, man, Tom Brady's really going to go out like a punk like this. Like, this is how the shit's going to happen. And, of course, as soon as you have that internal thought of Tom Brady going out like a punk, Tom Brady comes out and starts putting the magic together. And it's like, I mean, he just did his job, right? He took him down the, down the, down the field and, and scored a couple of times. But that defense just started manufacturing fucking turnovers on the Rams. That Cam Akers fumble on the one-yard line, that the ball comes just loose before this dude's head plants into the ground that would have made him down. Like, different stuff like that. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, then, I was going to say, a lot of it was was just shit that I don't even know that it was necessarily Tampa forcing. Because I, I had sent someone the last 12 drives of the game. And if you, if you look at the list of the last 12 drives, there were, like, two punts, four fumbles, two touchdowns, and, like, two field goals. And you're like, mm-hmm. what? What the hell is all this? What's happening? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was just it was the Rams just constantly like trying to give it back, only for <laughs> Stafford and Cooper Cup to to save him at the end. Uh, with to what, save like them at the forty end. seconds left or whatever. Not even it was. Um, 
think it was 42. 30-something. 30 I thought it was like 37 or 38 or whatever, and then they ended up clocking it with four. But, yeah, Cooper Cup down the seam. We were talking about this here the other day. Antoine Winfield Jr. really dropped the ball on his coverage there uh, and let this <laughs> dude fly by. He let the greatest receiver in the league right now fly by you with the game on the line and just trying to get the field goal range. is just unacceptable, unbelievable. But like I was saying about Winfield, he's a good player, second-year player. He doesn't usually let that defense down. So you're going to have these moments in life and in your career, and that's kind of crazy. But in that spot, like, man, that is – that team had all the momentum in the world going right there. If they would have yeah. gone to overtime, I have no doubt in my mind that Tom Brady would, would, have, would be in championship Sunday again. Um, yeah. Yeah. So – that was a really I mean, it was, fun game. It was a, it was a prove it game for Matthew Stafford. Um, it was so against happy Arizona. For Matthew Stafford, man, I love Matt Stafford. Absolutely, he's so good. He's so yeah. good. But he, you, you could never. You had to tie him to being the Detroit Lions quarterback. Mm-hmm. And despite the fact that he brought him to the playoffs a few times, I can't remember right. how exactly how many. But he only had one. I mean, win, it, well, exactly because it was the Lions. <laughs> right, it was the Lions. I get it. Uh, the uh, the the crazy part is is the the two single season uh, receiving records. Um, Cooper Cup passed Calvin Johnson both both times. The quarterback was Matthew Stafford, which is crazy. That's, um, so that's yeah, it's, that's pretty cool. He was he 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 was sort of my guy uh, through this year, and and whenever I get into arguments with other oh, yeah. people talking about like you know the Bucks are going to win the NFC and blah 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 no. blah. And, it always came down to, well, Matt Stafford, you can't trust him in big games. It's like, yeah, because he's never really been in one. Like, I, I get that and you yeah. don't believe him, but. Right. I and mean, the biggest ones that he had was, again, those playoff games. I think one of them was against the Saints, like at the height of the Saints. And it's right. like, yo, they're not going to win shit like that. Like, it's Matt right. Stafford and the Lions. Like, right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for Stafford. I'm, I mean, I'm hoping that they take the whole thing in the NFC at least. And I would prefer them to win the Super Bowl at this point. I just, I like that team. I like McVay. Uh, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, even um, all these guys on that defense that are just really good putting it together. It's a lot of fun to watch them play. And then on the offensive side of the ball, like Odell is balling out since he's been there. And I'm happy as can be for him. So hopefully he can dance on him on, in the Super Bowl. I think that would be cool. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I think the Odell stuff is like, you know, he's not shitting down his legs so people think that he's doing amazing. And like – I, I saw a graphic the other day that said um, Cooper Cup and, and Odell Beckham went off against the Bucks, and they combined their stats, like 250 yards receiving, one touchdown, 15 catches. It's like, yeah, 10 of those off, were Cup, yeah. 185 yards of it was Cup, and he had the touchdown. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, but they dude also had show... five catches for 70 yards. Relax. Yes, and the, but they did show a stat during the game also that showed um, red zone targets and receptions and touchdowns since Odell joined, and they were – so Cup had more targets and more receptions, but they both had five touchdowns. So they were both being very productive in the red zone. So he has – yes, he's not shitting down his leg like you said, so everybody thinks he's doing great. But he is doing really well. Like, to be he's, there he's, for seven weeks or whatever and have five red zone touchdowns in an offense that you're learning, you're doing something. Yeah. No, he's I, – I think a big part of that, and, and it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning of this, is uh, there's and, – and I, I do – I don't hate Baker. I, I, I have lost some confidence. Granted, he was injured all season. He was actually pretty good before he got injured. So I, I won't really pile on. But I think a big part of that is he's the same player, but he has Matt Stafford throwing to him instead of Baker Mayfield. And and that's not necessarily a shot against Baker, but just Stafford is at this point 
a much better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Like that's just the, that's not something you can argue. Those are facts. And I think he just, you know, from having Calvin Johnson, from having Cooper cup, he knows where to put the ball in the red zone where guys can catch it. Uh, So I I, I think that's a big part of it is just who's delivering him the ball um, and why he's had such success down there, but whatever, either way, it's going to come across as like, I'm a bitter Browns fan, which I am. So, uh, you know, whatever. Happy for the dude. Eh, whatever. What I'm happy for is Von Miller got there and he's he's had uh seven sacks in his last six games. So it's like love the old Von, Von Miller's Miller. back. Yeah, yeah, I love you some Von Miller. He's a cool one too. Because COVID got him pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um and, and to see him sort of bounce back after that down year after getting COVID. Yep. Um he's he's been really, really good in LA. Uh and then Aaron Donald is just Aaron he, Donald, he, Aaron Donald, man. He might be the best overall player in football. Like he's just he, there's nothing that yeah. dude can't do, right? So yeah, they're, they're they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun on defense. They Ramsey are. was getting beat though. Evans was torturing Ramsey. I, I'll just say that. Hmm. No, Mike Evans is a great receiver in this league too. So. He is. He is. All right. So we got the Rams over the Bucks there. Uh, last minute field goal again. Yeah. And then, three of three. Yeah. Let's. I uh, put me two of three. And then, well, the no, I'm saying, I'm saying that what? was the third game in a row that ended on the last second oh, field goal. Yeah, 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 yeah. All weekend it was like this. Yeah. Um, and then the coup the d'état game of the weekend. Yes, the the crown jewel of the divisional round. The Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen travel to Arrowhead Stadium and visit Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and the Chiefs. So this game was. I mean, both teams scored a touchdown on their first offensive drive. The Bills took it down, did it on a fourth down, actually, um, which was ballsy to start the game by by McDermott. I loved the call. I was sitting there watching it, and my wife was like, uh, why are they doing this? Just take the points, take the points, take the points. And I'm like, no, man, you don't, you don't beat Mahomes on the road by kicking field goals. Like, go for it. Worst-case scenario, you don't make it right. Now you're putting him on the two-yard line. He's got to march the field down, and you, you, you depend on your freaking best defense in the league to do something with him, uh, even though it is Patrick Mahomes in that offense. But they scored. I thought that was great. Mahomes came down, led the Chiefs down. They scored too. Uh, and I really just set the tempo for this game. This game was back and forth all the way through. Um, the Chiefs, I think, went up by 10 at one point in the third or the fourth. And Buffalo started coming back. And, oh, my God, it's I'm not even doing it justice with this, but it, it was just amazing to watch Josh Allen out there. He was like, four for four on fourth downs. A couple of them were with his feet. Like, the play broke down. His receivers weren't open. Homie just tucked the ball, and he's like, you're absolutely not fucking tackling me before that line. And he made it all the time. That guy is incredible. Uh, You say Aaron Donald is up there for best player in the league. Josh Allen is very quickly making a name for himself as one of the best players overall in the league right now, especially with these two playoff performances. It's a fucking shame that they lost this game. Um it's a shame that this game ended up being in this round and not the uh, championship Sunday game. Cause that would have been amazing. Uh, but then, you know, the bills take the lead with 13 seconds left on the clock by three points. And everybody thinks it's over. This is it. All right. Mahomes finally not going to make an AFC championship game. And Patrick Mahomes takes the chiefs down in 13 seconds. Two plays. What was one play, two plays. So two plays, two plays, including a crazy, just schoolyard football throw to Travis Kelsey. Kelsey, he's like, yeah. Kelsey told the, the media after, and the guy, I just told Patrick, I'm probably not going to run the play that was called. Uh, if they 
you know, if they do this, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he's like, if that safety moves over, I'm just going to run right down the middle and throw it to me. And he and Mahomes, yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it. And bam, the Kelsey went right down that seam. Mahomes threw it a freaking rocket at him. And there you go, kick a field goal. And here we go into overtime. Um, yeah. Before we go into that, what, how do you feel about these overtime rules? And considering especially where we are in the season, like, the playoffs for eight teams left. Like, how do you feel about what just happened? So, here's here's how I'm sort of feeling about it because there was there was a lot of complaining. Obviously, uh, the the Chiefs had the same complaint when they had this situation against uh, the Patriots, their first mm-hmm. AFC Championship game during this right. run, uh, and they actually petitioned the league in the offseason to change the rules, and it got overturned. Uh, so you can't even say anything like, oh, KC doesn't want to change the rules. Yeah, they did actually. <laughs> But right. I think that happens – there's always, like, an outcry when you're on the wrong side of it. And, and of yes, I'm sure the Bills would have loved to have Josh Allen get a chance at it. Um, but let's be honest. Like, you got a full kickoff. You had the league's number one defense. And you had to hold them to a field goal. Like, mm-hmm. they drove 75 yards. If you, drove, if you let them drive 74 yards and he kicked a field goal, then Josh Allen did have a chance. You couldn't right. stop him. And, and why, why reward the team – because they could not stop the opposing quarterback. Now we just got to let you have another chance just because. Uh, and, and, you know, you're in a playoff game. So every, every extra minute that you're out there is more risk of injury and everything. Like I don't, I don't have a problem with how the rule is because, you know, if, if you're not going to stop the other team, then I'm not going to feel bad for you. Okay. And, would you and be, that's sort of what happened. Would you be open to like from the divisional round on, have it mirror more of a college style and make sure that both because, okay, let's take a step back and forget just plain competition, right? The NFL is a business. The NFL is a show. It is a spectacle. And the stars of this league are for the most part, and especially in this game, the quarterbacks, right? So I feel like it's in their best business interest to make sure that both of these guys touch the ball when it's most important to their teams in the season. Right, like if you tell me from here on out, right? So this the division round, the the conference championship, and God forbid there's overtime in the Super Bowl. I I would be totally down with doing something like what what college does, you know, send the ball up at the thirty five instead of the twenty five, and do what you can do. And now the other guy's going to be able to match it or beat it. And after two of them, now we're automatically going for twos. Like we're going to make the people who the fans want to see decide who wins this game. And give them both a shot. Like I would be totally down for that. But I'm I'm with you. I get it. You got a full kickoff. All you got to do is keep them out of the end zone. If they kick a field goal, your guy still gets the ball. Like I get it. But I'm, I'm I mean, just from a fan standpoint, I just feel like that the other method would be much more entertaining. And I want to see all these guys get the ball and, and have a shot at it. So that's uh, that's how I feel. But yeah, I mean, I guess you can go either way on that. And definitely, if you're on the wrong side of it, you're definitely going to petition for it to change. So I totally understand that. But Needless to say, Mahomes wins the kick, the, the the coin flip. They get the ball, and go pretty much right down the field, and he throws again another ridiculous pass to the back shoulder of Travis Kelsey in the corner of the end zone, who manages to get it both and put his feet down and just collapse to the ground for the touchdown. And that was another awesome play. Like you can't, the defense was basically perfect on there, but the throw was stupid good. This guy makes a catch and. That's it. There's the game. So, yeah. the Chiefs are in the AFC Championship game for, like you say, the fourth year in a row. They are hosting it for the fourth year in a row. Patrick Mahomes 
does not know what it is to play an AFC championship game anywhere else, nor does he know what it is to finish a season without playing in the AFC championship game, at least. Right. And his rookie year, when they had Alex Smith, I think they made the AFC championship game that year too, but I think they went on the road. So I I think he might be five for five, honestly. That's insane. Uh, So a a couple thoughts before we move on. Uh, First, this is a post from Lewis Riddick. Uh, the day after, where he was basically defending what I was saying, that the overtime rules were fine how they are. Uh, There's been 163 overtime games since the rules changed uh, between the regular season and playoffs. Uh, Only 35 of those 163 were decided by touchdowns on the first possession, which is 21%. So four out of five times, both teams get a try anyway. So, like, I'm even trying to – and I get that, and I and I understand, and it is a valid stat, but that stat doesn't take into consideration the caveat that I'm saying of only doing it from this point forward. If you were to look at probably all of the um, the really good quarterbacks of those 35, I bet you that like there aren't a lot of bad ones, right? It's people who you would probably see this weekend. So you would assume that they're probably going to score a touchdown on the first drive, right? That they're the best of the best. So. That's where, because, like, yeah, I don't want it to change all the time. I'm just saying here where it is higher stake, like, do we really know that Kansas City is a better team than Buffalo? No. If we, if they, they can, at this point, they're basically evenly matched. I would have loved to see. I would have felt com- more comfortable saying Kansas City was better had we gotten Buffalo the ball once and them not be able to come through, right? That's a much more clear definition of you can say this team is better than this team, right? After that, now you just got a lot of questions. You got a big, what if, you know, what if Josh Allen could have done that? What if they do score and because Kansas City kicked an extra point, they go for two and win, right? Like, there's a lot of what ifs in this kind of situation. So that's why I'd like to see them both get the ball and something like that from at least in these very high stake games from this weekend on. I guess, I guess what we could probably say is I can see it both sides, but I don't think Buffalo got screwed. Like the oh, way it came okay. off at first is that I can Buffalo agree with that got statement. screwed oh. because of the rules. Like, no, you had a chance to stop them. You you could have got the ball back. You did not stop Patrick. You have the number one ranked defense. You gave up forty two points. Like, eventually, if you want to win a big game or or a you know a conference championship game or a Super Bowl, you're gonna have to make a stop when you have to make a stop, and they could not. So it's like, I, I get I that you. people wanted to give Josh Allen a chance too, but. Like it's it's supposed to be a team sport, you <laughs> your defense had a chance, and and you could not stop them. So I mean, I don't feel bad for them because they didn't get another chance. It it would have been on the same situation if the Bills would have won the coin toss and Josh Allen went down and scored a touchdown. I wouldn't have felt bad for Patrick Mahomes, even though I wanted the Chiefs to win. Like you guys clearly could have stopped them and done something with your defense. You did not. Buffalo has even less of an excuse because they have the number one defense. And I had Buffalo Bill fans sending me like all the different things that they were number one in, you know, number one scoring defense, number one passing defense, number one uh, in the fourth quarter number. I mean, all these different things that they were number one in the league in and you gave up 42 points. Like, okay, what, what, what are we supposed to do with that? (laughs) So I I, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, so those those are your matchups, real quick. Who do you have winning the two games this Sunday? Oh man, it really hurts to pick against San Francisco because I really feel like they're going to win. Like my my head says the Rams because of Donald and Miller 
uh, and Stafford and Cup, I think that um, that that defense is going to pressure Jimmy G the entire time, and he's just going to be running for his life. But the weird thing with the 49ers is they win even with dumb Jimmy G turnovers. Uh, I don't know that you can always say that about the Rams. If, if Stafford makes some mistakes, because uh, it's not like the 49ers have a shitty defense, they'll pressure him too. So if, if Stafford makes some dumb mistakes, uh, sort of like Dallas did and, and like Green Bay did, then mm-hmm. they can make it a game. I, I'm going to say the, the Rams, but I don't feel good about it. And then uh, the, the Chiefs for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going L.A., and I do feel pretty good about it. And the Chiefs, I, which I don't feel as great about because, again, we talked about Cincinnati, and it, I think it's possible that they just shock the world and do this. I don't think it's likely, but I think it's possible. Oh, um, any of the four teams are possible. I mean, we've, we've right. reached well, this yeah. point. There is no – but, true. like, some years, some years it's like, oh, no, they're, like they're going to murder them. Right. I, I don't feel that way this year. If Cincinnati beat Kansas City, I'd be like – Okay, like yeah, that makes sense. I get it. Crazy. Uh, same thing if San Francisco wins. I I clearly would not be surprised. So, all right. So let's see. A Rams Chiefs Super Bowl would be a football fan's dream. Uh, offensive should have had that two years galore. ago. Yes, we should have had it two years ago, and the Niners fucked it up. Imagine that. They did. Um, <laughs> so, let's see what happens. All right. So. That is our NFL talk. We are going to move over into some NBA talk. It's been a while since we talk about the NBA, and we are rapidly approaching the All-Star break. So Trade deadline first. Well, this is true. Trade deadline I know. first. I, I, know, I know why you said that, but I had to throw that out there anyway because I'm super excited. I mean, what are you excited about for the trade deadline? Please tell me. Because I think we may hit, get some names moving around and some, some bigger names. Um, the Pacers got some guys to look out for. Uh, there's starting to be some Brandon Ingram rumblings, which could get interesting. Uh, my team being attached to those as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I'm, I'm excited about that. I, I feel like Miles Turner on one of the uh, one of the contenders would be a lot of fun. Um, maybe even Charlotte, uh, team like that. So, yeah, just just starting to see how teams are going to retool because there's just a ton of parity in the league this year. Especially with yeah. injuries playing a big part, uh, you know. Obviously, the Nets are are down a guy for at least another month. Um, plus, their point guard is part time. Sixers are down their second best player. Uh, who else? Oh, the Bulls are without their two best perimeter defenders for two months. So there's just there's a lot of openings. Um, That's really gonna hurt the Bulls because those are the guys. Are, those yeah. are the defensive linchpins in that team. So yeah. now they're just gonna have to outscore everybody. That's it. That's it. You you saw it tonight, kind of, where they built up a big lead on the Raptors, and the Raptors came back on them. And you know, obviously, they're like the ninth seed. It's not like they're world beaters, but there's no defensive stoppers on the court for the Bulls anymore. Yeah, which yeah. could could mean could mean that they overspend for someone like Jeremy Grant, which again, another interesting thing if they're trading uh, any of their young guys, including Patrick Williams, Patrick Williams and, and maybe yeah. some some first round future first round picks that they have after the Vucevic trade, um, you know, somebody like Brant moving around would be interesting. So yeah, right. lots of, lots of fun. Lots of fun. Well, but yes, let's, let's go to the, what is that? Is that, a, is that the 10th? 10th? I thought it was the 8th. Yeah. 8th, 10th. So Sunday next. Yeah. Um, no, it's like a Tuesday. Okay. So that's coming. And then right after that, we get all-star weekend. So we figured 
we would go and give our 12 all-stars for each conference and see how those line up um, and see what we can point out the differences in there and, and why we think one player over the other. So you want to start east or west? Uh, let's go west. All right, so the five starters that I have in the West are Steph, Ja, LeBron, Rudy Gobert, and Nikola Jokic. Cosine. All five. All five. Solid. So not much to talk about there. Steph is obviously even Steph. Ja is, I mean, the Grizzlies are like third or fourth in the West. Uh, third. Third, and that's the yep. third best record overall in the league, um, which is really crazy impressive. So the Grizzlies are, are real, and he is amazing. It's crazy that he was the right pick over Zion, and New Orleans probably should have taken him. So LeBron is LeBron. Rudy Gobert continues to just be a regular season monster and crumble in the spring. So <laughs> He was the only to... one that I was wishy-washy. Um, there's, there's been a couple and I've, I've heard it in a couple of places, but, um, I, I would have been comfortable with Draymond Green. Um, I would have, I would have leaned Gobert in the end though, why I immediately co-signed because of, uh, his just flat numbers and just how important he is to the, the offense and the defense for Utah. I mean, I think Draymond's probably just as important. But Gobert is also putting up like 16 and 16 every night where Draymond's Draymond's contributions are more like glue. Off the, yeah, yeah. off the score sheet. Right, right. Like best glue guy in the history of the NBA type of stuff. And there's just, yeah. there's no way to quantify that really. All right. So, so then there we got Gobert and then Jokic. So, all right. So let's go into the reserves. Let's see if we cross paths anywhere else here. So Luca. Good. Yes, Check. So. Okay. CP3. Check. Having a great season. Yeah. Uh, teammate, Devontae Bo- – I'm sorry, Devontae Booker. Uh, Devin Booker. Check. Excellent. Cat. Check. Donovan Mitchell. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. All right, and then the last two spots. So, on my paper, I have Christian Wood just to get somebody different in there because he's having an underrated season because he plays on a shit team that nobody cares about um, if your name isn't Jalen Green, right? So, but I think that uh, I may have overlooked Draymond. So I'm going to put Draymond in that spot and move Chris Wood out. So I assume that you agree with Draymond? Yeah. All right. And my last spot, I'll let you, who do you have in the last spot? Uh so Draymond was one of them. Um, I would go between. I just the name was in my head, and then I, I just went out the other side. I would go between Shea, uh, Shea Gilders Alexander. I considered Shea, and I am completely blanking on. I went with Anthony Edwards. That's not terrible. I think that he's definitely going to be one of the future stars of the league. He's having a great season. Uh, Minnesota's at least going to make the play-in. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going with Anthony Edwards. I think that that's uh, a fresh face in the West, and it's not the same repetitive stuff as always. 
Yeah, I, I, I do feel good about that one. Uh, I, I don't think there's anyone on the Grizzlies that deserves a second one. Uh, I don't think um, the Jazz having two, I think, is plenty. Yep. Uh, the Warriors having two, I think, is plenty. The Suns right. have two. Uh, you maybe could argue uh, DeAndre Ayton or Mikel Bridges. Oh, Mikel Bridges, if you, right. If you really wanted to. Um, but I, I think SGA or uh, – God, now I already forgot who you said. The the dude that you said. I, Anthony Edwards. I, Anthony Edwards, yes. Um, I, I think they're just as good or better candidates than than either of those guys. So I'm I'm okay with those. I'm okay with those. Nice. So that'll um, that's the West. I think it's a pretty solid team. Uh, obviously, it probably won't look anything like this with replacements and people being hurt and people just opting out for the rest or COVID or whatnot. So. But let's see. That should be cool. So let's move on to the East. I'll let you lead us through the East and see where we agree, disagree. Let's start with the starters. Yeah. I mean, the front court's pretty easy. Uh, yep. Joel Embiid, Giannis, and Kevin Durant. I think that's yep. a pretty simple. Three for three. Um, the guards, I think, is DeRozan and Trey Young. I think that's pretty easy, too. Okay. I, um, I went with DeRozan at the one, and I put Jimmy Butler at the two. Well, <laughs> couple couple different things on that. I think they have Jimmy Butler listed as front court, so he they have him start as a guard. I don't. I think they have him listed in both, uh, but I'm not. Maybe not. If yeah, not, th- okay. If I can't put Jimmy in there, which I get, then yes, it's Trey. Okay. All right. So so we'll go there because he. I think both of us have Jimmy Butler on the All Star team. Okay, so, so that was my next thing. So if he's not a starter. Yeah. Let's at six. Let's say Jimmy Butler is on your list for All Stars. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, yeah, I'm so good with that. Let's let's go from there. Before he got hurt, I think he was top five MVP. Honestly, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he he would be he would be six. I'll I'll go with that. Uh, no particular order, but he, right. he's no, no, no. he's right there. Um, super Homer, but I'm I'm definitely gonna say Jared Allen and Darius Garland. Uh, Garland was okay. awesome again tonight. Um, I don't have either of them. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Okay. I think, in all honesty, because uh, everything I've seen with the like the coaches talking about it and the players talking about it, I think Garland's going to make it almost for sure. Um, and then Jared Allen has less competition in the front court because I think yeah. the way that they do, I think the way that they pick the teams is um, like the reserves are three front court two backcourt and two wildcards, like just whatever position you want. Hmm. Um, and it's harder to get the six front court than it is to fill out the backcourt. Right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. So, so give me, give me yours then. Okay. So right up until there, I'm just, I'm taking Evan Mobley of the people on your team, just because I think it's so impressive for him to be a rookie and have, such an impact on the winning on that team because we've seen it when he doesn't play they don't look as good they don't play as good and even when he does play even if the stat line's not wow like the team plays better I think that's really cool really impressive for a rookie to have that kind of impact so I definitely took a cab right but I'm taking Mobley to put him on there um, I'll give you that I'll give, I won't so that but that. And, I, and I but not saying that Allen and Garland don't deserve it because they definitely he was they were on my list as I crossed people off um, they were there towards the end. So the there's Mobley. So we'll keep going because I think the other one, so you just named two. One of them I'm taking with Mobley. The other one will probably be my last pick, so we'll save that spot. So I'll let you keep going from there. All right. 
Um, next is uh, James Harden. Yep, I got Harden. Um, let's see. So that gives me two guards and a front court. I need two more front courts. See, here's here's where things start getting interesting. Because <laughs> there's just, uh, I don't know. These and I didn't write these down ahead of time. I was doing them sort of as as I was watching the games and everything. Like, oh, okay, I should be able to figure this out as I go. And and honestly, you struggle a little bit with these front court guys after after Jared Allen. I, uh, uh, well, no, we have Jimmy Butler too. So Jimmy Butler would be my second front court guy. Um, mine. Oh, yeah, Jimmy actually, Butler. I'm sorry, Jimmy Butler. Butler and I got Mobley. So, but I got another one coming up in a little bit. Go, go, go. You you do yours. Um, so for another front court player, I got, uh, uh, the Sabonis. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm I mean, the that. Pacers probably deserve representation. I think that he's the better option to Miles Turner as, in terms of just productivity on that team right now. Like if we're going to yeah. take an all-star off there. Honestly, um, it would have been Sabonis or, or Karis LeVert. I think Karis LeVert's been better than Miles Turner, honestly. Okay. So there you go. Um, and again, like you said, the front court is uh, kind of slim pickings. You probably throw Jason Tatum on there. Um, he has See, not I don't had have Tatum a great season. List. Yeah, he he has not had a great season. I know he had fifty and ten the other night, um, but they're also the ninth seed. Like someone was arguing with me today about the Celtics, and I was just like, God, they like how do you have two All Star wings like the most important position in basketball nowadays, and you're the ninth so, seed? Yeah, but I'm supposed to take you seriously. Like, no, I don't at all. But in an all-star game format, I could see Jason Tatum making the team on the front court. Again, because it's so thin. Yeah. But continue. All right. Continue. So there's Sabonis. So that's your, third, so that's your third front court. Yeah, everything else that I have left is backcourt. Go ahead. Let's hear them. All right. I got Fred Van Vliet. Cosign. Cool. So last two spots. LaMelo Ball. That's the name I had in my head. Okay. And Tyler Hero. Ugh. Tyler Hero. That's just 20, the homer in you. 21-5-4 is off the bench. It's definitely six man of the year. It just being six man of the year should warrant you in the conversation to be a reserve on the all-star team. There are 12 spots on there. They're saying you're the best six man in the league. Tell me you yeah, can't be the 12th but that also on the means, all-star roster. But like, that also means that you're bypassing, what, 75 starters to get to him. Doesn't mean that they're all good. No, it doesn't. But there's probably 11 of them that are better than him. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> you'd have to make it 12. There, I mean, this puts him at 12, so that's 11 in front. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, okay. You know, so I'll, who are your I'll, last two? Then? I'll give it Go to ahead. you. I'll. I'll. I don't think it's crazy. Um, clearly. Bam is your second best player, but he hasn't played enough games. Right. Because yes. again, when you have the first seed in the league and or in the in the conference, I'm not going to argue with you getting a second All Star. I, I I think the Cavs deserve two. Uh, it's the games in Cleveland, so I think that plays a little bit of a part in it. Mm, but yeah. I would not be surprised if the Heat get two and the Cavs get one. So we'll 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 start with that. Um, Hero just. Besides for my just like, you know, there's some players you just don't like as, as players. You, just, you see their face. in the league, son. He, he doesn't. But um, you should have seen him after tonight's game. Just I, I don't ever want to see him ever. This kid has embraced Miami culture to a fucking T and we love him I'm, for it. I'm sure he has. He's going to have a heart attack on the court at one point <laughs> while he's playing a game. But 
I, I assume he committed credit card fraud after the game. That's how he was wow. raised in the culture. But anyways, um, <laughs> I, I don't – and I know that this isn't the most important stat in the world, but, like, it's not PR. 1998 anymore. You can't yeah. – yeah, you can't have the 100th best PER and then – But you can if you're the sixth man. If you're just you coming can. in there on the second team to fuck shit up, then so, efficiency so is not as important at that point. Let's let's switch it around. Last year, uh, I can't remember who actually won it, but I think the runner-up was Dennis Schroeder. If Dennis Schroeder would have won six men of the year, would you have been comfortable with Dennis Schroeder being an all-star? But this season is better than what Schroeder had. <laughs> That's not what I asked. But well, but then when that would go into my comfort level. If you're telling me that his stats mirrored what I'm seeing now here, uh, well, then, your, yeah. Your, your thought process is if you average – 24 and four then you should be an all-star i mean colin sexton was averaging 24 four and 20. two last year he wasn't an all-star okay but con- taking the consideration that you're coming off of the bench and you're not doing it from a starting role also has to do with it i mean yeah 25 tonight off the bench i mean i i get it okay but you want to make it, it again an no i don't okay <laughs> that's that's sort of my the, the point I'm making again, it, I'm not going to put a huge, he's your fourth best player. Like he's clearly, he's your fourth best player. You guys aren't the same team without Kyle Lowry. Uh, clearly Bam is more important than anyone on that team other than Jimmy Butler. So like hero is your fourth best player. It, if that's who you want your second all-star to be. Okay. I, I'm not going to put up a huge argument. I mean, um, I guess it could be Kyle Lowry, but I, I'm, I, I'm more, I feel like Tyler hero is more deserving. Yeah, I, I probably would have gone uh, at the end. I would have gone Zach Levine and uh, and Bradley Beal, honestly, rather than Tyler Hero. Okay, and, I mean, uh, Levine, I can see it. But, I mean, Bradley Beal, is just, that's just name value right now. Well, his numbers are better than Tyler Hero. Okay, he's also on a max contract. What is, <laughs> when, did it, when did that play into if you're an all-star or not? Expectations. Oh. Let's not kid ourselves that <laughs> expectations have a lot to do with this when coaches and players are picking. Exactly. It's a lot harder when the weight of the franchise is on your back than if you're oh, off the bench. Oh, sweet Lord Jesus. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Bradley Beal is obviously an acceptable name for that. I just – I'm taking Tyler here. Well, again, I'm not surprised by that. And and that's – I'm not putting up a huge argument. I just – I – I don't see him having because I I haven't read any place other than probably the blogs in Miami that have Tyler Hero on the All Star game. Or on the All Star game, know but... what they're talking about, bro. So, <laughs> oh my God! See, don't sports, shout don't, out Ethan Skolnick. Don't don't make me hope for another first round sweep. Don't don't oh, do no. that. Please don't happen. do that. <laughs> so, those are some All Star uh, things, uh, rosters going on. A um, Again, it's going to look different. Obviously, KD is not going to play, so that's already a spot right there uh, and a front court spot. So maybe that does lead to Allen and Mobley both making it. Um, another front court player that's up there that maybe, but might not have played enough games, Pascal Siakam is having a pretty decent year for the Raptors. Uh, and again, since the front court is slim pickings, that would be something that's up there for a replacement level player. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Let's uh, wrap up with just a little around the league in the NBA. So as you mentioned through your conversation there, the Miami Heat are the first team in the Eastern Conference to 31 wins. We are first in the East by a half game over Chicago and a game and a half over your beloved Cavs. 
two games ahead of Brooklyn. There are only two and a half games separating one and six in the East. Uh, eight games separate one and ten, which is incredible for parity. It just shows that the league has come a long way in terms of parity. But um, the Heat, man, we've only played 12 games with our aforementioned four best players on the team together. With Jimmy, Bam, Kyle, and Hero, they've only played 12 games together. We have played 48 games in total. That's the fact that we are 31 and 17. I know you hate it. I know you hate this, but that just screams culture, man. It just screams we've had the right talent evaluation. We have picked the right guys. Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, Omar Yurtseven, uh, Deadman. These are all players playing big minutes on this team night in and night out. Caleb Martin has been freaking phenomenal. Um, Struess and Vincent and all these guys, without them playing to the level that they've been playing, there's no way, obviously, the Heat are where they are now. We have not um, even played a minute with what we expect to be the closing lineup in the playoffs uh, come that time, which is Jimmy, Kyle, uh, Bam, either Hero or Duncan. Um, and, well, Victor Oladipo, P.J. Tucker. Those five probably would be our closing lineup. Vic is scheduled to come back right now. The rumor is February 10th, so in about two weeks. Uh, word around the building is, you know, he's been in practice. He's, he's itching to get back. The team is excited to play with him. Bam, specifically, he's like, man, I can't wait for him to bring that energy and be out there with us. That, that's going to change, man, Vic and Hero coming off of the bench with any of these big guys if they continue to perform the way they've been performing. And Caleb Martin and Struess and just gritty, defensive-minded, offensively capable basketball players. I love this team. I thought this was going to be a different team from the beginning of the season, right? I thought we would still be dominant. But I just thought it was going to be a lot of our stars, and our stars have not been the story. And I have—I love this team. I think, bro, I hope we go far because um, these kids are working really hard for this. And and it just—it just shows the talent evaluation, the the organization that Pat Riley has built from the top down, and they just make really good decisions all the way through. We had that one little stretch of shitty contracts after a, a little bit of a panic buy, and we lost Wade, and we maxed out Hassan, and. We matched that stupid Tyler Johnson offer sheet from Brooklyn. <laughs> but other than that, right, we've made really good decisions, and it shows, and this is the kind of team that we're out there. So number one in the East, baby, as we, we are past the midway point in the season, uh, and we race towards the trade deadline and the all-star break. Yes. What do you think about the East? Uh, yeah, obviously, like you said, a lot of, lot of parity. Um, I think even more – scary is is it's actually from from one to seven is only four and a half games which mm-hmm. you know that's just a shitty week and you're you're in the play-in which is yeah. crazy um so yeah just like i sort of am looking for some separation a little bit from from the top teams moving on it, it hopefully could, it comes yeah, well and and that's sort of what i was going to get to is that that could start to happen uh as the the nets and the bulls are missing their big dogs um, you know, for long periods of time, uh, mm-hmm. you could start to see some drop off. Uh, and then, you know, depending on who gets uh, what reinforcements at the, at the trade deadline, you basically yeah. have two months to integrate them before the postseason. Um, so I, yeah, there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff that can happen. Uh, I'm, I'm, 
I'm just sort of caught off guard. I was not prepared when we did our, our preseason <laughs> stuff for, for this year. I was not prepared for my team to be good. <laughs> I just, I thought we, <laughs> we made a good draft pick and I was excited that we made a good draft pick and might have a decent rookie. Uh, he's probably going to be the rookie of the year. He'll probably finish top five mm-hmm. in defensive player of the year. Um, and that's why and, he's my all-star pick for your team. Yeah, but like by every other metric, he's the third best player in the team. Yeah, I know. Which is, I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, Great for you, man. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I just just it's nice to have good basketball back in town <laughs> and good basketball that isn't counting on LeBron James. Not that I have any problem counting on LeBron James. Um, it just teams with LeBron, and and you, you guys know this very well as well. Uh, he comes he there. There's a path they, of destruction in his wake. Right. Exactly. He he burns it down, get his, all these old dudes in town uh, that he likes to play with. And then when he leaves, you have no draft picks. You have no young talent. You have no cap space. <laughs> We've paid the luxury tax every year he's been gone until this year. This is the first year we don't have to pay the tax. That's the same. <laughs> and we only have one player left from the time he played here. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – it's an interesting dance of, of getting around him. And, and if they did win 50 games, it'd be the second time in, in team history they've won 50 games without LeBron James on the roster, which, again, crazy. Yep. So. Incredible. Yeah, just, uh, just excited to have good basketball. Excited to, good parody. excited to see. Uh, oh, yeah, a ton of parody. ton of parody. Uh, and, and we're seeing some, like, all-time performances, too. Uh, I, I know I bring PR up a ton, so it gets annoying, but Embiid, Giannis, and Jokic are having three of the top 20 seasons in the history of basketball in PR, which for three guys to be playing like that at the same time is just nuts. It's crazy. Yep. So, so golden age in the league. Dude. And Embiid has really just gone berserk the last couple of weeks. Like, he's just... Such a shame that team's gonna suck. I, and I don't, I don't know. I really don't understand. We probably could do an episode, like a full episode, just on them and how they've handled Ben Simmons. I don't understand why they're not cashing in. I just, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't. Maybe I the cashing get... isn't worth it. I mean, so okay, if you think it's true that they can wait for the offseason and swap him for James Harden, do you think that they should wait for the offseason and swap him for James Harden? <sighs> I think because, and and you know how I feel about. Joel Embiid. So clearly, I'm I, I'm a fan of his, um, but he's he's not a durable man. Like <laughs> you're getting an all time season from this guy, and you're just gonna punt it. And and that to me is sort of the. I got you. That's that's the one that hurts because the, like the the thought process makes perfect sense. Like I I get why you would want. Oh hey, you know we we have a chance to do this because Harden. Harden has some dictation during the summer where he doesn't have during the season if he does want to get out of Brooklyn, um, which all the reports yesterday were like he, he doesn't he like wants, being there and he's pissed about yeah. Kyrie. Yep. He doesn't like being uh, in Brooklyn and he's pissed about Kyrie. Yeah. Um, I, I, I get all that. Uh, but, you know, what, what does that team look like with, you know, maybe one or two first-round picks, Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox? And then Joel Embiid, like what? What does that look like? Because uh, it, it, mm. it, that might be. But the Kings, the Kings aren't going to move Fox and Halliburton. And no, that was the offer. Picks. 
Oh, really? So they they gave in and, and put Halliburton in it? Yeah. Huh. And how many picks? Yeah. I I think two. Huh. Fox, Halliburton, and two first. I, I mean, that would move the needle for me. Yeah, that's what I mean. And and you know what? Honestly, if it was just Halliburton, I'd probably do that too. I might ask for a third first. You'd have like to like a pick because... swap in between. Yeah, but yeah, you need more than that. Right, but I mean, but Halliburton there's... alone doesn't make them NBA Finals caliber team. Would he immediately be their second best player? Depends on how well your other max player can get his shit together or how well, well, I guess, yeah, I mean, third or second, but that doesn't necessarily make you good enough. No, but it gives you a better chance than you have today. And, and yeah, what, if, would you, what if the season I, I would starts push next more, year? I'd push for having Fox and Halliburton. And less picks because, again, the argument is do this now and not wait, not punt on fucking all history seasons from your big man. So I think I would push for more upfront compensation than draft picks. So, hey, we're talking about Fox and Halliburton. Now I'm much more inclined to do it than for just Halliburton. And I'm not taking anything away from Halliburton. I'm just saying he's not enough to get the team to where I think they need to be right now to make it worth it. And, and part of me agrees with you. The, the other part is, and, and this wasn't something I was thinking about before I started having more in-depth conversations with people. Um, it makes just as much sense to acquire stuff that you can immediately turn around next year and flip. Because if they walk away with three Sacramento first-round picks and Tyrese Halberton, that might be enough to get James Harden. You know, like Tobias Harris, Tyrese Halberton, and three firsts might get okay. Harden in a, in a trade. Like, hmm. You might be able to no, turn around sense. after trying with it that now you could flip it. Uh, I don't know sense. that Fox would be quite as easy with that big contract because I think Correct. he did sign a max extension, I, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's $35, $40 million a year. That's going to be a lot harder to, to, to move than, uh, than someone like Halberton on a rookie deal. So I don't know. I just – I don't understand. I don't understand the, the thought process. I just – because, you know, it's just as likely that Embiid in week – or ten, blech, can't speak in game 10 next year, uh, you know, tears his ACL. And now, now he's gone for a year and, and you just wasted, you know, like I said, a top 15, 20 best season in the history of the league because you didn't want to trade your disgruntled player. So I don't know. That's, that's the one that really pisses me off. I, I also could see Brooklyn moving off of Kyrie, but that would be a hell of a lot more complicated. Yeah. But he so, could be a free agent, so he might just leave on his own anyway. Yeah, yeah. So let's see. That's uh, that's gonna be something. This, this Ben Simmons thing has to be resolved at some point. So let's see what they you would think, doing. man. You would think. Um, all right. So in the West, not as much parity. It's the top four teams basically, and then everybody else. And it used to just be the top three, but Memphis has made their way up the boards into third now in the East. Uh, the Suns are in first. They're three games ahead of the Warriors. The Warriors have kind of slowed down a little bit. Uh, the Suns just beat Utah Monday night. They are beating them right now again. Uh, Utah's down to fourth. So that's kind of the top of the West. The bottom is obviously much more interesting because everything's a lot closer. So Dallas and Denver, probably just going to be five and six, maybe, but Minnesota sitting right there in the seventh spot, a couple of games behind being out of that play-in. Uh, the Clippers, are, with nobody left, are sinking and sinking quickly. They're down to eighth. Uh, 
the Lakers are well, they're tied with the Lakers eight and nine. So they're both twenty five and twenty five and twenty four and twenty four. And then Portland down at 10, 17 and a half back from first. So there's a lot mm-hmm. less parity, but you've got much more closer knit competition for those definitely those playing spots and then maybe even five and six depending on what happens with uh, Dallas and Denver there. Obviously Jamal Murray should be back at some point this season. They did lose Michael Porter Jr. basically indefinitely. Uh, But then again, that's another one of those spots where the guy having a freaking historic season in terms of efficiency and what they're doing. And safe to say they're not going to do anything of actual consequence in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they, they went for it last year when they traded for Aaron Gordon. So, I mean, if they think there's a real chance that Murray could be back uh, for the, for the playoffs, they, they may make another win now move um, and try to get Jokic some help in the meantime. Uh, I, I also, they've been talking about the last two days that, that, uh, Randy Jeremy Grant back there. Well, Jeremy Grant back there. I was going to say, uh, Colin Sexton may be back for the playoffs, which would mm. be interesting. That would be so, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the West, like you said, I, I think the, the top four teams are the top four teams. I don't think there's really going to be much. Um, yeah. I don't That's think there's going to be much change there. Be. Right. I think the biggest surprise is, is how good the Dallas Mavericks defense has been, uh, especially a team that counts on Luka so much. Uh, they hold teams to the third lowest amount in the league, I believe. Let me, really? let me double check that. I'm looking at it, looking at the standings right now. Let me just look at the opponent's point per game. Because I think it's still, yep, Golden State, Cleveland, and then Dallas, and then you guys. 103.1. And we're actually only point six points away from the Warriors. Them being without Draymond hurts. They're, they're going to start to fall back. They're, that really opened up a window for Memphis. If they can stay healthy, they'll. Uh, and I guess Clay's missed the last two games. His his uh, knee that he tore his ACL and his sore. Yeah, which, sore. that's no good. Yep. No, that's not that's not a great thing to have. No. So yeah, that that may open up too for Memphis. What do you think about these things going around? So let's talk a little bit about the bottom there, the Lakers, right? Because everybody everybody has to talk about the Lakers at some point. But <laughs> so supposedly they threw out Kendrick Nunn to Horton Tucker and their 2027 first round pick to try to get Jeremy Grant. And that was immediately rejected. That's literally yeah. all that they have to trade. It's those three yes. things or LeBron and Anthony Davis, which they're obviously not going to trade. Right. Um, but there has been talk that supposedly Houston would be interested in a Russell Westbrook for John Wall swap. If obviously John Wall is not playing. They throw if that what? first in there. Mm. They, they want that first. They want the first to take Russ back. I don't even. I don't know if if I'm the Lakers. I don't want to. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like I'm, that's no. I'm good. Well, I'll, if you've I'll, gotten to talk this about point, it straight you're, up, you're you're too far gone if you're if you're already talking about this. <laughs> what do you mean? Right. Like, well, you're talking about trading your starting point guard for a guy who hasn't played all year, and you might have to attach a pick to do it. Like, if that's the move that you have to make, well, then desperation then, is a stinky cologne. There it is. Because that is that is desperation at its finest. Well, they gotta try to make something happen, man. Because I mean, it's that's it. We're running out of strikes. We're running out of pitches to strike out on at this point with LeBron and and everything. And then next thing you know, that wake of destruction is gonna be there, and they're gonna be stuck with nothing and no one, and just six years of nonsense before a miracle can happen. Probably um, right. Basically, what happened so, last time? Yeah. 
So I don't know. Let's see. Let's see what the Lakers do and see if they pull anything in these last couple of weeks before that. That I just heard. I heard that today, so I was interested in what you thought about that. But yeah, I'm. I'm not. If I'm the Lakers, I'm not attaching anything additional to that. I'll. I'm, I'll consider. Because I mean, that's not a lie. Westbrook is not the perfect fit for this. <laughs> for this team. So. No. But, but the John dumb Wall thing about that is, more. everyone knew that when it happened. Like, yeah. Well, I get that. This is not news. Just dumb. It. Just stupid. All right. Well, the problem see. the problem with the Lakers is uh-huh. they have the fourth worst defense in the league. Oh well, yeah. So they're all old and, and they all have arthritis. I, you know what? I would agree with you if they didn't have a twenty-eight-year-old superstar big man. He's like thirty Ooh. already. No, he's twenty-eight. No. <laughs> all right. I'll let you look that up. I am. 30. 28. March 11th, 1993. He is 28. Huh. 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 You know why I knew that? Because I got in the exact same argument where I was on the opposite side and said, no, he's 30. And they said, no, I was wrong. And then I looked it up and it was 28. So he's 29. <laughs> I mean. Well, he'll be 29 in March. Yeah. So he's almost he's 29, 29 for the playoffs. Yeah, correct. So. But still, that's, that's a man who just entered his prime. He should be able to yeah. defend the rim, for the love of Christ. Yeah. But he's always he's on the perimeter, not, so he doesn't. He's not that guy, though. He's not. Like, we've, we've learned that in Los Angeles. Yeah. That he will, he will forever be a Robin. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. For well, sure. Unless see. they can find let's... a way to fix that defense. The, the, whoever yeah. they trade for, it's not going to matter. It's not. I mean, and they're not going to fix the defense with the people that are out there now. No. So, you know, no. first round blowout. Oh, can't wait! I love that. If they even I, get through, if they even get through the playing, I love the right. playing. The playing can make like the playing can be so embarrassing for people. It's so fucking great. Oh yeah. Well, remember last year? That's when uh, the playing is when the Warriors they lost to the Lakers and then they lost to the to the Grizzlies, yeah. right? Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. And, I mean, and the same thing could happen this year. You could have the the uh, the Lakers beat the Blazers and then go and lose to the T-Wolves in Minnesota. And then you have to watch LeBron saunter off the court against the T-Wolves with them Oof, celebrating. The T-Wolves would be so <laughs> – that would be so nice. <laughs> That's what it would be right now, right? Because they're the seven uh, seed. Yeah. Uh, no, T-Wolves are – yeah, seven, 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 right. So so they they beat the Clippers, the Lakers would beat the Blazers, and then you'd have the uh, – and then you'd have you'd that have game. The T Wolves and the Lakers in Minnesota. No, because then you'd have no, 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 no. They they would have to lose to the Clippers to play that second game. Because if you win oh, seven eight, true. you're in. That's true. Oh God! So that would be the Lakers and the Clippers for the eighth seed. <laughs> the, the series one game that playoff. everybody, the, yeah, the, 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 the <laughs> NBA has wanted for so long. Here's a one game shit show, guys. Enjoy. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Good times. Can't wait. I love Looking it. forward to it. So, all right. Well, that's what we've got in. The NBA, as of right now, we will check back with y'all before the Super Bowl, see what happened on the championship Sunday, and make our predictions for the big game, and see where we're going as we head closer to that trade deadline, any big moves that happen. So, as usual, rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Instagram at 3 Major Sports, and enjoy the sports, everybody. Take it easy, sir. See you, fella. Later.